So this is the second quarter of Introduction to Psychology. We number our psychology courses here um, by Psychology 201A, which is the first quarter, and then Psychology 202A, which is the second quarter. And you're in the A version, which in our numbering scheme denotes that this is fulfills some cultural exposure requirements. So um, for some of the colleges that you may be transferring to, if you're transferring to another college or university, um, it'll be useful to have the cultural component because that satisfies certain entrance requirements or graduation requirements. So um, that's a good thing. I don't know how I would teach this course without a cultural component because culture is so intrinsically tied into our behavior and how we experience not only other people in our world and other people in our culture, but also our own experience of ourself, which is one of the things that we'll talk about later in this quarter, um, our self, how our self comes to be, um, which is closely tied to personality, for example. Um, you might notice that there's this silver tube here and it has a green light on it. Um, that is a microphone. It's actually a video camera, but it has a microphone on it, which I'm using because um, I'm recording my lectures and uh, I make them available to you as a downloadable uh, podcast, um, which means that if you subscribe to the podcast, you'll get uh, each new lecture delivered to your computer each uh, time. Um, <coughs> I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that next class. Um, I won't be talking too much about the podcast this class, but I'll tell you a little bit about it next class. I'll show you how to subscribe to it. Kind of thing. Um, so uh, anything you say can and will be recorded for a podcast. I don't always use this particular class. Sometimes I'll podcast from the other section sections of my 202A. Um, but, um, and typically, my lectures tend to be better in the second, I think. I'm more comfortable with my lectures in the second class of the week that I teach. So I usually podcast those, but um, uh, hopefully, um, they're just as good and it's just my own perception of them. Um, okay, so uh, first of all, um, welcome to this class and um, welcome to um, this community. And I think of this class as a community of learners um, because uh, as well as you learning from the textbook and from me, I'm going to be learning from you at the same time. The questions that you ask will typically um, be things that either hopefully I know the answers to, or if I don't know the answers to, then it gives me an opportunity to figure out what I need to learn about to um, best teach this class. I'll tell you what to put on these cards in a second. Now, just like, um, oh, I'm sorry, I missed a 
Um, one of the things I need to do is to find out a little bit about who you are. Now, uh, let's see. Yeah, we'll talk about it in this term. One of the th concepts that we talk about in social psychology is attribution. What, uh, what kind of does it mean to attribute something? Any ideas? Qualities or characteristics? So it's a description of some qualities or characteristics. And oftentimes we will attribute those qualities and characteristics to certain people. Or better yet, sometimes we'll attribute qualities, stereotypical qualities and characteristics to a group of people. So um, I can make certain stereotypical attribution um, assumptions about you as a student um, because you're in my class, because you're learning about psychology, um, because you're a certain age, because you're a certain um, gender, because you're a certain uh, ethnicity, or appear to come from some cultural group. So I can make all these um, attributions, but they're really assumptions about you, and I don't want to do that very much. So one of the things I like to do is to find out a little bit about you. Not that much. So I gave you these index cards. And on these index cards, what I would like you to write down is um, your name on the top. Under that, um, what program are you taking here? So are you taking a degree program or a diploma program or a certificate? Or um, are you just here um, uh, fulfilling general education requirements, for example, transferring to university. Um, and I'd like you to tell me a little bit about you in terms of, like, what kinds of hobbies do you have or what kinds of things do you like to do in your pastimes or in your spare time? Um, and what that does um, is it allows me to connect something to you that's makes you a bit more of a complete person than just another student in my class. And then last, um, I would like to know why you're taking this course. Uh, and that reason might be, um, gee, um, it's required for my program. Or um, I'm interested in psychology. Or um, you know, I need to fulfill a social science requirement. Um, yeah, just give me an idea of why you're taking it, because that can help me also to uh, maybe mold the uh, course a little bit to who you are as an individual. For example, if I have a lot of students in nursing, I'll sometimes um, uh, emphasize certain points that might be more relevant to nursing students. So it's good for me to know who you are. And then uh, <clears throat> while you're doing that, I'll tell you a little bit about who I am. Uh, you already know that my name is Dana Layton. Well, maybe you don't. Um, hopefully you noticed it when you, when you registered, but it didn't probably stick. Um, I am a social psychologist, so my specialty is in studying um, interpersonal uh, behavior and also intergroup behavior. So 
uh, how groups function together, how individuals function as parts of groups, how individual self-identity is affected by um, their participation in groups or their participation in interpersonal behaviors. Um, I uh, was born in Connecticut, in New England, um, and I lived for about the first 18 or 19 years in Connecticut and Massachusetts, kind of moved around a lot when I was a kid. Um, then uh, I moved to California when I was about 19, and I lived in California for close to the next 20 years of my life. Um, I uh, have um, my associate's degree, which I received from a community college in California. And that degree um, uh, I received on the way to transferring to my uh, four-year school, which is in um, uh, Washington State. So um, it's a college called Whitman College in Walla Walla, Washington. Town so nice they named it twice. The other town that's so nice they named it twice. Not to be confused with New York, New York. Um, definitely quite different. Oh, thanks. Yeah, if you can fill that um, That's a very small college, um, about 1,400 students. And um, it's a great school if you're the right kind of person for that kind of an environment. Um, I also, uh, after I finished um, my undergraduate degree at Whitman, I transferred or went to a graduate school in uh, Canada, in Vancouver, the University of British Columbia. And I did my master's degree there in social psychology. Um, and uh, I've been teaching full-time. This is my third year, so um, I'm really enjoying it. I like doing research, um, but I like also a lot, in a lot of ways, I like more kind of working with individual students and helping you to learn about psychology, helping to you, you to learn about yourself and about your environment and how those things affect you. Um, just so you think that, don't think that for every college instructor you ever have, life unfolded according to their plan. Um, oh, for those of you that came in late, um, I gave out these index cards. And if you can put this information on those index cards, that'd be great. Um, uh, life doesn't always unfold according to plan. so. Um, when I went to college the first time, when I was 18 or 19, I finished after a year with a 1.62 GPA, and the college and I decided we probably weren't meant for each other. And it was a little more one-sided than that, but that's okay. Um, I think it helped me to get out of that environment. It was in upstate New York, and um, I had, at the time, that I didn't know about an undiagnosed substance use problem and also an undiagnosed learning disability, so I had a couple things working against me at the same time. And um, anyway, so I flunked out my first year, and I had been working part-time in high school on a co-op work experience kind of thing, and I was doing that in computer programming. 
Um, so I went back to doing that. That was when you didn't need a degree to do programming. And so um, I went back to do that, and I did software development for about the next almost 20 years. And um, had a major life change and decided to change my career at the same time. So um, uh, psychology was what I decided to do after I started my community college again. Um, I, had a, I wound up graduating from the community colleges with just about a 4.0 GPA. So um, I like to tell that story about dropping out because um, some of you may be in a similar situation where this may not be you know, sort of the right time for you to be in college, which is fine. Uh, there may be a right time in the future. Hopefully that's not the case. But if it is, it's not um, the end of the world either. Um, what else do I want to tell you about? Um, Oh, I came here this year. This is my first year here in Portland. I came here from South Carolina where I worked for two years. And so it's a very different kind of culture here. I'm getting used to that. I'm getting used to the rain. Although this year I've been felt pretty lucky because it's been pretty sunny this year. Feeling pretty good about this Portland thing um, until next year maybe. Really rains. Okay. Um... So let me um, do this little survey that I like to do. And um, this kind of just gives me a sense of who you are. It also gets, um, gives you a little bit of sense of who each other is, um, although I don't ask anything particularly personal. Um, does anybody here have a birthday before the end of the term? I do, yeah. Um, anybody in April? Yeah? One? What day? Well, okay. I'll have to make. I'll try to make a mental note of that so we can sing happy birthday. Mm -hmm. And one student who did that for this term, this last term. Um, yeah, let me know if your birthday's coming up, and we'll sing you happy birthday. <laughs> Most people it's probably an embarrassing thing, but some people they like the attention. Um, my birthday is actually June fifteenth, right at the end of the term. So that's my birthday present is getting a break. Three months. Um, what about your families? Who here um, grew up as an only child without brothers and sisters? Yeah, a couple of you. Um, and how about about like maybe four or more brothers and sisters? Okay, a few more. How many? Five. That's five. Just a few. Okay. Um, so each of those family environments is going to have a very different experience, right? If you grow up in those kind of different family environments, that experience is probably going to affect who you are and um, how you behave, how you experience the world, how you experience um, other people. So um, I had five brothers. Um, there are now uh, just three of us alive. So, um, and my experience was really bizarre because I was eight years um, after the my next oldest brother. So there were like four brothers that were like within a year or two of each other. And then 
I guess my mom decided she wasn't going to have babies for a while and probably hadn't decided to have a baby. <coughs> Had me, lucky her, <laughs> when she was 35, I think. It was, it was old for that time. Um, and so, um, so I kind of had both experiences. An experience of um, being the youngest child and kind of getting a lot of attention, but also kind of growing up as an only child because they were um, a lot different in age. Anybody here read an entire book in the last three months that wasn't required for class? Pleasure <laughs> Wow, very good. Good for you. Anything to recommend? What's it called? Okay. What's the basic plot line? You have to read it. It's different. It's really different. It's really good. Great writer. M-A-R-A-K-A-M-I. Maritani. M-U-R-A-K-A-M-I. Anything else? Anything by Douglas Preston. What is it? Anything by Douglas Preston. Douglas Preston. He writes a lot of, um, it's really hard to explain that. Kind of, the one I'm reading right now is about genetic engineering. All of the books are really good. Genetic engineering. I'm um, just starting a book by um, Richard Russo. I finished one of his um, a few months ago and um, really liked it. Um, and he writes in a very sort of third-person omniscient, kind of very familiar style and um, describes characters in intense detail. So that's the kind of thing that I like. Good character books, yeah. Oh, Clive. Yeah, which one? He um, writes mostly sort of um, thrillers, horror. Not really. More of a scientific. Um, he goes into a lot of details. He'll take like a um, a historical fact and he'll rearrange it and make it into his Dirk Pitt um, Numa scientific thing. Huh. Really cool. But he puts a lot of normal history into it. And just kind of like, oh, back in Russia when they lost their czar, and they still think that there's still the princess that could have survived. And he just takes that in one of his, one of his books and rearranges it until it's a really cool story. Okay, so you get a little bit of history, but also um, you get the story right around. It's not but it's really cool. Nice. Okay, five plus one. And J.D. Rob. Same kind of thing? And I'm a librarian, so don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> J.D. Rob does the In-Death series, and it's a murder mystery series in 2068. Hmm. So you get the sci-fi, and you also get the... She's a homicide detective. So you get all the sci-fi. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's cool. Okay. Eat Dallas. She's a good character. Right. I like science fiction. Uh, it's not really sci-fi. It's more of a, it's more of a mystery, but it pulls those sci-fi 
to another country, let's say in the last year, um, where have you been in the last year? Anywhere exotic? Where, where Canada. Canada, yeah. Canada and Mexico. Canada and Mexico. Spain, okay. Um, I, uh, as I said, I went to um, college in Canada, and I went up there kind of... Um, uh, thinking that it was going to be very similar to the United States, and it is in a lot of ways, but once you immerse yourself in a culture, you start getting these really subtle differences that come through that really pervade the culture and pervade people's experience and um, probably affect their behavior in a lot of ways. Um, anything extraordinary um, that you experienced that you want to share? essentially like the governor here, I guess. Um, the Prime Minister of British Columbia, um, what was his name? Gordon Campbell, I think, um, was vacationing in Hawaii and uh, got a DUI. <laughs> and that was like a big deal, you know. Um, yeah, they, they, don't, they don't mess around with that stuff in Canada. Um, and the funny thing was sort of watching the news and watching them talk about Gordon Campbell's DUI and then having them cut to a commercial which is an anti-drunk driving commercial. It's <laughs> the irony of like, you know, this guy is the governor but he gets busted. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway. Anything extraordinary in Spain? Do you speak Spanish? Yeah. Okay, that makes it easier. Oh, no, no. Which uh, particular part? Um, I... Okay. Oh. Oh wow. Nice. And that's 
sort of northern. Did you say northern? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Bill When were you there? Um, I got back in August. Oh, last August? Yeah. Um, was there still, were they still kind of shaken up by the bombing? Uh, there? No. Yeah. What about jobs? Anybody changed their jobs since, let's say, the beginning of the year? last few months. Yeah. Um, how about people that have two or more jobs? Okay. Um, I like to ask this question because um, you, those of you who have done those things, one of the things that we'll talk about uh, later in this, in this quarter is about stress and how stress affects our behavior and emotion and stuff like that. And um, you're under a lot of stress when you change to a new job because you're learning new systems, you're getting used to new people, new bosses. Um, and if you're going to work a couple of different jobs, you've got to balance those schedules along with your school schedule. And so realize that those things are going to take um, a toll on you greater than sort of your normal experience as a student in a class like this. Um, you've got that added extra stress. and. Um, Really, you know, the research that we have on stress, essentially everything points in the same direction, and that is if you're experiencing a lot of stressors, it's not the stressors themselves that cause problems, but rather the coping that you do. What kinds of means you have for sort of dealing with those stressors that are going to be affecting your life and your behavior. And when we do the research, everything always points to exercise, and um, usually some sort of relaxation um, stuff that you can do in order to mitigate that, the effects of that stress or to cope with the stress. So uh, be aware that that's going to be going on for you. And um, it may have an effect on your ability to succeed in class. And if it does, then um, come and talk to me and let's see if we can work out in terms of helping you out. Um, how many people have written college-level papers here? Okay, good, most of you. Well, um, in this quarter, uh, you'll be writing, I think, two um, short papers, like one to two pages. They're kind of reaction papers, response papers, where you'll have to formulate an argument. Um, so those skills will be handy in here. How many people have used the library here? Pretty much all of you, good, okay. Um, we may or may not be doing some research-based stuff, um, that may come in handy. Worked in small groups? Okay, good. That um, I don't do a lot of small group work in my classes, but occasionally we'll be doing that, and having that experience of working in those groups is good um, because there's certain dynamics that happen in groups of people that are working together on something. Um, but I don't have anything particularly planned with that. Um, anything else that you're curious about in particular that you want to ask <coughs> me or ask the class in general?
So um, basically in this class, the premise of the class, we'll, we'll only write two papers, and then the rest will be quizzes. There'll be um, exams and, and quizzes, but I'll talk about that when we talk about the syllabus and the grading system. Yep. Do we get to write an APA? Okay. Um, do you don't have to use APA style um, for the papers that I'm assigning because I don't assume that everybody here um, will have taken a course that taught APA style, and I don't have the um, particularly have the time or energy to teach APA strict APA style. But I will um, want you to use some style system and cite sources and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah we'll talk about that as we we'll talk about syllabus. So Anything else? Okay, yep. So let's get to that. Um, this is what the syllabus looks like. And um, what I'll do is start half going this way and half going that other way. Um, so just pass those up and back. Um, I'll also distribute for you a separate handout, which is the uh, course calendar. Um, and if you want to pass those uh, index cards up and collect those too. that you have the prerequisites met. If you took the first quarter of this class um, and um, uh, you, you may have taken the first, anybody here not take the first quarter of this class already? So everybody here has had 201A. Good, okay. That makes things a little easier for me. It's not required, but it's really quite recommended. I'm not sure why it's not required, but that's a, another topic for another day. Um, there is a prerequisite which has to do with writing, um, having taken a writing class um, or um, placed into a writing class. Um, we have one textbook, which is Lefton and Brandon. Um, there are different sections in this uh, college that use different textbooks. Each instructor <coughs> sort of has a choice to make uh, on what textbook they're going to use. This one is probably more common, but there are other textbooks that are here, so if you don't have this one, you will probably, you will have to pick up a copy of it. 
Um, second section, how to contact me. So I give you um, my physical location in my office, my phone number there, my email address, um, uh, my uh, web page, which has uh, some important information and resources, which I'll tell you about on uh, Wednesday. Um, also, you can reach me by chat clients if you're online and I'm online. Um, you can probably find me. I note, it, I note that the best time to find me is during office hours. That's most likely when you'll be able to find me um, here on campus especially. Um, if you can't meet with me during office hours, which are listed in how to contact me, uh, Monday and Wednesday, 1 to 2.30, and Tuesday and Thursday, 1.30 to 2.30. If you can't meet during those times, you have a conflict, um, I give you a link to my calendar, and if you bring that link up on your computer, you'll uh, be able to see when I'm available um, during the week. And I'll show you that on Thursday, too. <coughs> um, I don't necessarily check email all the time every day, so um, if I don't get back to you for a day or maybe even two, um, hang in there. I'll be back with you. Um, Please check your MyPCC email account or forward your MyPCC email to um, your private email um, account. I'll talk about that also on Wednesday when I talk about electronic resources. Um, that's the only way I have to communicate with you about important announcements and changes in the class, so um, that'll be a good thing to be on. Second page, um, course overview. Um, Basically, I talk about the kinds of things that um, this course generally talks, this course generally deals with, and also um, what it is about introductory courses. You know, this is a survey course, so we're necessarily going to have to be sort of general and broad, and we're going to have to gloss over some things that are that. What will happen is, as you progress in psychology courses, if you take more of them we'll start going into more and more detail on some of the things we talk about in this course. So those courses will actually start telling you about the exceptions to what we kind of gloss over as the major uh, ideas here in this course. Um, I make the point that this course is not easy. Um, and um, you should be aware that for a course like this that has an intensive kind of textbook component, we generally expect that it's going to take you somewhere between two and three hours for every class hour that you take. So this is a four-credit class, so um, we would expect that between sitting in class and doing reading and writing papers and studying for exams, that you're going to spend somewhere between um, eight and 12 hours a week just on this class. So you know, if you're working 40 hours a week and you're trying to take four classes, you may not do particularly well in those classes. So be aware that it does take time. The thing is that um, you're lucky to be at a community college in a lot of ways because um, I don't have to do research. So I don't have to split my time between being a resource for you and trying to do research. Um, I can be a lot more um, available to you in terms of helping you succeed. So if you find out that you're struggling or you're having trouble, 
let me know and we can talk about ways that we might be able to help you um, do better. Course goals. Um, I have five broad goals in this course. Basically, um, learning about the ways in which we study psychology. So you learn some of that in the first quarter. Um, also, that psychology is a very um, scientific discipline. It's not sort of new age um, mumbo jumbo. It's something um, that we um, study as a science. And so you learn a lot about that in the first quarter too, scientific method stuff. Um, you're going to discover a lot about um, yourself. And in the second quarter, you're going to discover a lot about other people and how your interactions with other people affect you. Um, you're also going to be learning a lot about personality, about um, your own individual experience of yourself, your self-concept. So um, it, this is, I think, in a lot of ways, the more interesting uh, quarter of the two. That's because I'm a social psychologist. Um, And one of the goals of this course is that you can learn psychological principles that are going to help you live more fully and live as a sort of more participatory citizen. Um, this stuff is going to help you to understand your world and your environment, your social world, your um, political um, world. So um, I think it's really useful. And hopefully we can have some fun um, while we do this at the same time. Um, okay, um, page four, it's actually the third page, but it's numbered four. Sorry about that. Um, grading and assignments, Most, a lot of you will be wanting to know what that's about. Um, here's how that's going to work. Um, exams are going to constitute 75% of your course grade. Um, the writing component is going to constitute 15% of your course grade, and uh, class participation is going to be worth 10%. And I talk about each of those components in the syllabus for exams. There are going to be three exams during the term, two exams um, followed by a, a final exam. Um, the first two exams are not cumulative, the final exam is cumulative, so it'll test you on the concepts that you learn throughout the course. Um, for each of the exams, I distribute a, um, uh, a study guide for the exam, which uh, will tell you generally which parts of the text that questions are taken from for the exam. Um, that's useful because it'll help you to kind of refresh when you go back to look over three or four chapters what um, is important in terms of understanding that. Plus, when you take the cumulative final, um, it'll help guide your studying. Um, I don't, um, if, if you're going to be absent from an exam, let me know. And if you let me know um, uh, a week in advance, then I can have you take it early um, so that you don't miss the exam. If you miss an exam, um, I don't have makeup exams, but what will happen is one of your missed exams, the score will be replaced by the score on your final exam. So what that essentially does is it makes the final worth twice as much as it would have been normally, but it keeps you from having a zero exam score. <coughs> um, 
if uh, and as I, I realize that um, we can all sort of have a bad day, even if we show up for all the exams, we might you know, have a migraine the day before or something like that. If that's the case and you do poorly on an exam, what will happen is I have quizzes which will help your exam score, which I talk about on the next page, page five, which is actually the fourth page. Uh, reading quizzes. This, uh, what I do is I, um, I think there are eight quizzes in this course. And what I do is I'll give you a quiz of ten questions, and you'll have ten minutes to complete that quiz. Um, you'll be able to use any notes or study aids that you've prepared um, while you're reading or while you're studying for that chapter. Um, the quiz is always. Um, in the class where the end of the chapter is due. So if you're reading a chapter over two classes, it'll be in that second class. Um, it'll be at the beginning of class, and it'll be for the first 10 minutes. So if you're late, um, you'll lose time on the quiz, so you want to be on time. Um, I don't have makeups or early quizzes. So if you miss a quiz, it'll actually count as a zero in the average. Now, the quiz uh, average can't hurt you. That is, if you bomb all the quizzes and you do well on the exams, then it's no big deal. But the quizzes are just a little bit more of a safety net in case something um, really negative happens on an uh, exam day. And what it allows me to do is to replace that really poor exam. Say you got 40 or 50 percent on an exam. I can replace that with evidence that you did pretty well in terms of reading and understanding the material over the, um, uh, over the duration of the course. So that's helpful. Um, I have an example in the table there of what would happen. Um, exam 1, 60%. Exam 2, let's say you missed exam 2. Uh, the final exam, you got 75%. And on the quizzes, your average was 80%. Um, essentially what happens is the um, exam two is replaced by the 75% on the final exam. And the quiz average is higher than your lowest exam score of 60%. So that replaces the 60%. And it winds up helping you out on um, um, your final grade. Um, Critical thinking and writing. Um, you're going to have uh, two short papers, one to two pages. Um, and what I'm interested in these papers, they're not like research papers, so you're, you're not going to need to necessarily go out and find a bunch of information, although if you want to do some research, you're welcome to. Um, mostly I'm going to give you a reading or a problem, and I'm going to ask you to kind of respond to that. That is to formulate um, uh, an argument around it. And your grade on these papers is going to be based more on how well you formulate that argument and support it, um, and sort of less on uh, other factors, um, like research, for example. Um, I uh, don't accept uh, late papers for credit. Um, you can get an extension in advance, and if you um, need an extension and you let me know a week ahead of the paper
for due date, then you get an automatic extension. If it's less than a week, then it gets a little more dicey. So let me know as soon as you know if you're going to need an extension for the paper. Um, if it's less than a week, then I may ask you to go to the Dean of Students office and get some sort of documentation about your catastrophic emergency. Don't plagiarize or cheat. That's easy. Page five or six. Class participation. Um, basically, um, I subjectively, once I get to know you over the course of the term, and this takes a little while if I don't already know your names, um, I will be able to get a general idea of how well you contribute to this sort of community of learning. That doesn't necessarily mean the, the quantity of comments that you make in class. I don't keep a tally of how many times you talk in class. Um, but rather, um, do you sort of contribute to the general classroom environment that encourages learning and encourages um, exploration of these topics? Now, not everybody is comfortable sort of talking in class. so. If that's the case, then there's an alternate way that you can get participation credit, which is um, using um, the, uh, there's a message board for the class on my PCC, and I'll talk about that on uh, Thursday when we talk about the electronic stuff. Um, attendance. Um, there's no official attendance policy here on campus. I think that if you're absent for the first two weeks of the course, uh, I'm supposed to drop you. But um, aside from that, we don't really have any official attendance policy. Um, I'll encourage you to be in class as often uh, as you can, um, partly because if you're not here, that's obviously going to affect your participation credit. It also will affect your quiz scores if you're absent during quizzes. Um, so um, please come to class when, as often as you can. I realize that sometimes, uh, for example, interviews at colleges might be coming up, stuff like that, so um, I can appreciate that. Um, if you're going to be late to class, um, please um, do it quietly. Um, please also let me know if you're going to leave early from a class session. Um, because I have my own sort of insecurities, and um, if I see you get up after I've said something, I'll begin to start wondering what it was that I said that made you need to leave. And, um, uh, and then I'll need to go get therapy, and that's expensive, so I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm a psychologist, so this life is overly examined. So, uh, yeah, so just let me know if you're going to leave early. Um, I'm, not, I'm really not that neurotic, but, uh, yeah. um, so um, if you're going to miss class, get the lecture notes from one of your classmates, or you should be able to pick up the podcast um, online um, and catch up that way, and I'll talk about that on Thursday. Um, and I guess that's it. I'll let you read this at your leisure uh, between now and Thursday. If you have questions, um, let me know on Thursday. What's that? Wednesday, that's right. Yeah, next class is Wednesday. I want it to be Thursday already. Um, 
here's your textbook. So it looks like that. So if you go to the bookstore, if you um, if there aren't used copies at the bookstore, for example, uh, or you want to find a used copy online, um, there's your ISBN number. Um, so that might be useful to you. Um, You know what? Um, I'm going to take just a little break here. I need to check something online. Um, so uh, it's about 10 of 12. Um, if you can come back um, at about 12, that would be perfect. All right. Well, we're back from a break. Um, so I talked about the text. Book. Now, um, the textbook, uh, if you can't afford the text right away, because uh, I know what it's like to be a community college student and working and um, trying to afford tuition, which has only been increasing, unfortunately, although the budget for the state is supposed, hopefully, if we get as much money as we want, we can start reducing the tuition cost, but unfortunately, the taxpayers pay less. That shifts the cost to you. So. Anyway, um, school is expensive. If you can't afford the book or for some other reason you can't buy it right away, I'll be putting a copy. I'll try to get up there today. I'll be putting a copy on reserve in the library. So um, I'm not exactly sure of the procedures for getting reserves from the library, but if you go to the desk and ask a librarian, you can um, find out. And I'll make it library use only, so you won't be able to check it out, but you'll be able to read it in the library or um, even make photocopies. Uh, although that gets pricey too, so be careful about that. Um, okay. Now, hope now you all did well enough in 201A that um, that gives me some confidence that you do pretty well reading textbooks and that kind of thing and getting what you need from them. Um, I go through this general kind of talk pretty much every time I do um, a class because some people haven't learned how to read from textbooks. And not all of these techniques are going to work well for everybody. For different people, different techniques are going to work well. For one thing, um, textbooks almost universally have um, at the beginning of each topic some sort of topic heading. And in your book, the Lefton and Brandon book, it takes the form of a question. So the topic heading in chapter one is, um, or chapter two, what makes psychology a science, for example. The next topic heading is, um, and within that topic, it's got subtopics, three principles of scientific endeavor, scientific method in psychology. So one of the ways to kind of begin reading a chapter is to go through and make a note of what the topic headings are, and maybe even write that out as an outline. Um, and um, that'll help to kind of structure your reading as you're going through. The other thing that I think is useful in textbooks is at the end of every chapter, almost universally in textbooks, 
is a um, summary and a review of the main points in the chapter. Uh, now, in the first quarter, you talked about cognition. You also talked about um, child cognitive development, hopefully. And hopefully you remember something called schemas. Um, those of you who took my class maybe remember them particularly well because I really work on schemas a lot in my classes. Schemas are a way we kind of mentally organize information. And they form a basis for what we kind of expect to encounter in our environment. So one of the things that this, using the outline does and using the summary and review is it helps to kind of create a schema for you that you then can go and read the entire chapter and kind of fill in the gaps in the schema. So you can hang all that information um, on the um, information that you get from the summary and review. So I actually tell students, don't read the chapter first. You know, read the outline, go through, make notes about the topic headings, go straight to the summary and review, um, read that, and that gives you an idea of what you're going to kind of expect as you move through the chapter, what information you encounter, and you're going to go, oh yeah, I remember that. That was from the summary and review, and coming after that is going to be this. And so it kind of guides you in your reading. Um, I recommend that while you're reading, if you get questions that come up, write them down. Um, have a piece of paper and say, huh, how does this relate to such and such? And that question may be answered a little bit later in the reading. Or if it's not answered, bring those to class and use those as a basis for discussion questions in class. Um, because if you have a question about that, probably someone else in class does too. Um, you're not um, terminally unique, as we sometimes say. Um, I also recommend that... Um, for some of you, it may be useful while you're reading to take notes about the major concepts and principles um, and maybe even paraphrase what each um, paragraph says. So you get done reading a paragraph, you go, oh, what did that say? And write it down and paraphrase it. Um, and when you're done reading, one of the things that sometimes helps people is to make connections between those concepts. So things that have connections between them, what are the nature of the connections? How are they related? And again, that helps to um, fill out that broad schema that you have about the chapter. Some of you learn better sort of with visual aids. And if that's the case, sometimes writing diagrams or something called mind maps or concept maps helps because you actually draw out those connections graphically. So. Um, if you're interested in any of those techniques, um, talk to me um, in office hours and we can go over some of those um, if you think they might be helpful for you. Um, now, one of the nice things about taking notes while you're reading is you can use those notes during the quizzes for the reading, um, or flashcards, for example, or um, outlines and stuff like that. So um, bear that in mind. Um, sometimes I talk about the culture of academics. Um, I'll just go through this briefly. Um, one of the things that I like to make a differentiation between is the culture of academics. So academic inquiry and that culture 
versus sort of the broader culture. So when you turn on TV and you turn on some news show and it's got two people that are discussing some topic, um, they're usually not talking to each other um, rationally and quietly. They're usually yelling at each other, right? I mean, it's, you know, like especially you watch CNN or Fox News, and you, you know they want to kind of get people riled up, and so they get these two people who are very, you know, polar opposites on an issue, and they kind of go at each other without any middle ground there, um, and that's very antithetical to sort of the uh, the idea of academic inquiry and academic culture. Um, instead of coming into um, an argument with a position established and not being able to move from that position, it's here's what I've found out and here's what I conclude from that. What do you think? And the invitation whenever we publish the research results that we publish is for other people to follow up on that research and to find the holes in it or to find the exceptions or to find how, how it works differently in different cultures, for example. And so to extend that research and to find out more rather than sort of say, I know I'm right because my position is this, and I know I'm right because my position is this, and kind of um, beating on each other and never really learning anything new. So one of the things we do in, in academics is we talk very um, authoritatively rather than authoritarianly. Um, we don't... Um, uh, we don't take these positions and hold them and refuse to move from them. We look at evidence. If you have new evidence that contradicts my previous research, I'm going to look at it and figure out, gee, why did that happen? Why did they get that research and that result and I didn't, right? Um, proof in science is rarely unequivocal. Usually it's tentative. So we'll say, for example, in psychology, that something is likely to occur. And whenever we find a research result, we always phrase that research result in terms of the probability that the result that we got was due just to chance, random sampling error, for example. I happened to sample from the population, and my sample happened to have certain characteristics that I didn't expect. And that chance, if it's less than 5%, we generally say that's statistically significant and we trust the results. But there's still that 5% chance that your one result might be due to that sampling error. So, um, so we encourage replications of research to try to find out, does that hold across multiple studies, right? Um, and we are fond of using precise language. So sometimes when you ask a question or if you respond to a, a, a question or a problem that I give you in class and discussion, I might rephrase your response to make it more precise. Um, and I'm not doing that because um, I want to be mean and show you how smart I am or something, but rather to give you a model for how to rephrase maybe some of the things that you're saying in a more precise and less vague way. Um, and there are certain behaviors that go with academic culture. We tend to um, encourage a lot of reading, um, finding out information, what other people have done, building on prior research rather than just starting our own research. What have other people found and how can we extend that? 
um, and making um, logical arguments. So it's okay to have an opinion, but can you back up that opinion with evidence in a logical argument? Right? And that's one of the things you'll be doing in the uh, reaction papers later in the course. Um, in an academic class, or in science classes particularly, we are going to encourage critical evaluation of facts. And I always put scare quotes around um, facts because um, facts are findings. They don't necessarily mean that they're true. You know, what was the basis of the research that got those results? Um, can we conclude really from that research that something is a fact? And usually we can. Um, reasoned uh, opinion is good and um, in our discussions in class, I'll expect that you know we maintain a respectful um, appreciation for each other's reasoned opinions. Um, usually, when someone has an opinion on something, it's coming not from um, you know extreme knowledge or extreme ignorance, but a lot of factors that might be related to either they actually have a lot of information to back up that opinion, or they have a lot of experience that kind of forms that opinion. And so how can we take all of these different opinions and find out what's factual, what's experience-based, what's um, maybe prejudice or stereotype-based? And so we'll be talking a lot about that, especially in social psychology when we talk about prejudice and stereotypes. Um, and as I say in the course, sorry about that, you'll be doing, um, you'll be encouraged to develop your clear thinking, which you'll do partly by um, writing, because um, one of the best ways to clarify your thinking is to write, write it down and find out, gee, that's kind of confusing. It's because my thinking is confused. I've got to think it through more. So, yeah. As I said, um, this class is not easy. As you know from the first quarter, um, we're about scientific inquiry um, and we're not, you know, some people will come into the first quarter of this class and kind of go, oh, psychology, that must be easy. You know, I talk to people, I know about psychology. Well, you have some experience, but what's the research that backs up your knowledge? Is there any or um, is that something you're going to find out? Um, uh, we have fairly high expectations in the department of students who take this course, but um, and I and I also have fairly high personal expectations of you. I think all of you are capable of really quite good um, performance in this course. Um, along with those expectations goes um, a commitment from me and from the other members of the department that we're going to give you a lot of support. And as I said, as community college students you're going to get a lot more direct access to faculty than you will, for example, at a university where um, faculty are dealing more with graduate students, graduate students are doing more of the teaching here. Um, you are communicating directly with uh, faculty, some of whom are um, uh, very skilled, very knowledgeable uh, in their fields. So um, take advantage of that. Meet with us during office hours, um, you know, email with us, talk to us. Um, and if you're struggling, let us know. Um, I will encourage you to form uh, study groups. 
those are um, have shown in a lot of research to be very useful. Although once they get over a certain size, they tend to become less useful. So I think the break point happens at about four people. After about four people, then the study group tends to be become less. Um, it tends to show less uh, positive effects. So, um, uh, but what that does is it gets people who are going to read a chapter in different ways. And when you talk about the different ways you have read the chapter, you'll suddenly realize, gee, I didn't really catch that point. Um, you know, is that a really important point in the chapter? So um, it, they're quite useful, and I recommend them. Questions so far? Okay. I didn't talk about the calendar, did I? Um, the course calendar. It's um, double-sided, looks like this. Um, this is revision one. Revision one of probably three revisions. Things happen during the semester, right? Uh, last term we had a snowstorm, closed down the school for two or three days. And so everything got all messed up. So that was revision two. Um, you know, at some other point, I had to be absent from a class for some emergency or something, and so that made re another revision. Um, you know, we spent more time on a chapter than I expected, so that's another revision. So um, one of the things that I say on this calendar is um, that I'll notify you via email uh, and or in class of changes to the calendar, and I'll usually distribute a new copy. So again, a good reason to check your email. Um, the columns for the calendar. Week number 1 through 11. So week 11 is the final. We've got 10 weeks of class. Um, the topics we'll cover in that week. Um, and for each week, I've generally got two topics. Well, that's because there's generally two classes per week. So the first class of week one, we're talking about course introduction, which is this class. Um, on Wednesday, we'll be talking about some of the electronic resources that are available. Um, and I'll kind of walk you through uh, going through those uh, here in class. So you'll get used to what those look like. Um, and then we'll start um, with chapter 11 on intelligence um, on week two. Now notice that for the first day of week two, um, I say to read chapter 11, pages 381 to 398. I generally try to keep your reading to around 20 pages in for each class session. Um, sometimes I have to exceed that or sometimes it'll be less. Um, please have that read before coming to class um, so that you can participate fully in the discussions in class. Um, and then um, if there's any in-class exercises, and I don't have any listed here um, because I haven't formulated them for this quarter yet, another reason for a revision. Um, and any quiz, exams, or papers that are due. Now notice on that first uh, next week, on Monday of next week, you'll have a reading quiz. It's going to be on the syllabus. So read your syllabus. Um, that'll be relatively simple. In fact, I'll tell you what. Um, 
it'll, it'll, you'll, you'll do pretty well. Don't worry about it. Um, it's going to be really basic. You know, um, how many exams do we have? Um, you know, um, what percentage do the exams count for in the grade? Can you make up exams? Stuff like that. Um, now, and then there's a reading quiz. Uh, the next class period, next Wednesday, which will be the chapter 11 reading quiz. So that covers all of chapter 11. So you want to have read the entire chapter before you take that reading quiz. And as I said, with the reading quizzes, you'll be able to use any um, notes, um, reading notes or study aids, just not photocopies of the books or photocopies of other people's notes. Or um, don't just print out the um, course um, outline from the website. Are they, are they or are they multiple choice? Okay, all the quizzes are multiple choice, 10 multiple choice questions. Yeah. Yeah? I didn't include the dates. Um, I switched to a new format this quarter. Um, I got tired of changing dates every quarter. And so, um, so I went to week numbers instead. Now, there is one week that actually has a date, and that's week nine, because Memorial Day falls uh, in week nine. So I actually say that it's on week 28th of May. Um, exam one will be on the Monday of that week, yeah. Yeah, the first class session of that week uh, is the first um, row there, yeah. Other questions? Oh, there's no uh, paper dates on here because I haven't put them on yet. Um, but they, will, um, they won't occur before um, probably the earliest, the fourth or fifth week, yeah. Um, do you um, correct exams in class? Do they go over them afterwards? Um, do I correct exams, go over exams in class? They don't, typically. Um, and, um, but I do make them available, for example, during office hours if you want to come by. Um, I do a fairly detailed analysis of the exam results, and one of the things that I do is I toss out um, questions that show what's called low discriminative reliability, which basically means a lot of people got them wrong, and not even the best scoring students could get them reliably correct. And so usually there's four to six questions on an exam that one can toss out. Um, the quizzes you'll have the answers for uh, because uh, you'll get to keep the uh, reading quiz sheets. Okay. Uh, and then you'll get the scan trials back. I'll talk about the scan trials. Yeah. I was going to ask you to Yeah. Other questions? As I said, the reading, uh, the, the, the writing assignments will come probably around week four or five, and they'll be spaced out by a few weeks. I'll distribute a um, separate handout for instructions on how to write those papers, and um, I'll give you plenty of um, advance notice on the due dates for those. Yes, ma'am. Um, you might have already said this, but um, for the For the guidelines that you're going to give us for each exam, are you going to give it to us like way ahead of time? No, it's or generally one week ahead. One week ahead. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, 
One, I don't usually construct these things until a week ahead. Um, and two, um, I don't want you to kind of just read those parts of the textbook. You could do that, um, but your scores on the exams probably wouldn't be very good because some of the questions on the exam require that you kind of cross um, different topics and what's missing in between is probably not valuable. So. Plus the reading quizzes hopefully will encourage you to keep up with the reading uh, every week. The reading quizzes do a couple of things for me. They, as I said, encourage you to keep up on the reading and don't fall too far behind. So some of you who are born procrastinators like me um, need that encouragement. Other people don't. Um, they also allow me to kind of monitor how people are doing uh, on the reading. And if you're not scoring particularly well, I might send you an email and say, gee, what's going on? Um, is there something I can do? Uh, is this, you know, are you actually reading? Or did you just not have time to read or something like that? So after about three quizzes, I'll start looking at the averages and people who are consistently scoring low, I'll probably um, try to make some personal contact to see what's going on. Um, they also give you an idea of what the questions look like, because some of the questions on the reading quizzes may appear on the exams. Now, those of you who haven't taken a course with me before, um, on the break, you may um, look out for Joshua and um, Tweer and um, Sherry and Bree and Yolanda and Elaine, Elise, yeah. who's Elise? Oh, okay, somehow you spell it back. Um, Elise, and was one other person you had in last term? Jenny Overstand. Oh, and um, Lily. So um, why don't you raise your hands, those people who took me last term. So those of you who haven't taken a course with me, if you're um, suffering from extreme anxiety, um, you might um, reduce your anxiety by talking to those people. Or maybe you'll increase it. Don't talk to those people. No, no. <laughs> uh. No, um, I think um, you'll find that um, the, the way that I run the course is fair. Uh, that's one of the things that I try to make it as fair as possible to everybody. I also um, run the course um, with a great deal of uh, professionalism and also respect for my students. Okay, other questions? Can we get our reading quizzes back to like help us study? Yeah, yeah, what happens is um, I'll distribute the question sheet, which will be double-sided. <laughs> It'll have 10 questions on it. Um, in order to complete my exams and my quizzes, you will need to get some things at the bookstore. Um, the quizzes use these small scantrons. They're called quiz strips, and they're number 815E. There are 15 questions on one side. There's nothing on the other side. And so you'll use these for the reading quizzes. And I will scan these and mark them and record the scores, and I'll give these back to you. But in the meantime, you'll keep the question sheet. So you'll be able to use that as a study aid. Also. And you'll be able to see um, what questions you missed. And be able to see 
Okay. The other thing you'll need is you'll need three scantrons. Um, number 882E. Um, and these are the larger ones. They are 50 questions on each side, double-sided. You'll need one for each of the exams. And um, the exams will have uh, three exams in this course. Probably uh, 50, I think it's 50 or 40. I think it's 50 in this class. Questions on each exam. Yeah. Um, so um, you'll actually just need one side of it, but it's a lot easier for me if everybody just uses the single side. So it'll cost you an extra 15 cents. Area. Yeah, these are 15 cents a piece, so hopefully it won't break the bank. And you'll need uh, number two pencils for these. So um, I'll be sure to bring a pencil to the exams and the quizzes. Okay, that's pretty much what I've got for you. Anything else you want to go over with the, with the class? Or are we fabulous? So um, next class, uh, be sure to read the syllabus in detail. You know, I kind of went over it with you today, but you didn't have a chance to read it. Read it, um, decide if this is the class you want to be in, um, and come with questions on the syllabus guide and calendar um, and we'll also go through some of the electronic resources that are available to you. Um, I do that because not all of you are all that comfortable with these kinds of things and if you actually see it it's probably a lot more will make you a lot more comfortable so um, I will see you then. And you know where to get me if you have questions in between now and then, of course.